This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up? Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome in. It's a big Monday. It's a new time slot. Noon. This is going to be our schedule for the uh, regular season. We're holding you to it. I know, right? What, you act like I'm the one that keeps changing this. Oh, we got a press conference. We got to move it to here. <laughs> The special teams guys talking. <laughs> hey, those are important things. Um, true, true. But I actually, it was funny when he said it was noon. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I was on my way to the office. I would have been here on time. But I'm like, all right, yeah, this is uh, this is good because it's going to be a good start of the routine for the regular season. Pack a lunch. Pack yes. a lunch. Adam Hogue, Nicholas Moriano, Kevin Kada in with us today. Um, he, if you haven't checked out, you should be getting our newsletter on Monday mornings. Kevin authors, and he had some good Bears nuggets in there on the Roquan Smith situation. We're going to discuss some of that coming up. But, yeah, noon, especially on Mondays. So <laughs> we're still a few weeks away. We are definitely at the point of training camp slash preseason where it's like there's still three weeks till the first game. Mm-hmm. That's right. It is three weeks, right? Yeah, September 11th. Where are we at? We're still like two August weeks 22nd. out from Labor Day, which is really weird. Yeah. So it's dragging. It's starting to drag. But, um, yeah, our Monday shows after our games are going to be are going to be a thing. We've had a few days since our last show, which was also a post-game show, and it was a big week in a house hall with Roquan Smith returning, which we still need to react to. Uh, Nick being out there the last couple of days at house hall covering everything for us. So we're – and technically training camp's over. So we're going to talk about risers and fallers, who helped themselves, who didn't, who has some things to prove still. So all of that coming up. Welcome in. Please hit that hit that like button, subscribe, hit those notifications. Understand it's a new time, so people might still be adjusting to that. Maybe you're listening to this as a podcast today. It's all good, but check us out at noon going forward on the CHGO Bears podcast. All right, so Saturday uh, comes around. Get that text from Nick. Uh, looks like Roquan's practicing. Okay. All right. Interesting. We did hear, like, sort of a tease from ESPN during that broadcast, that outstanding broadcast that I know Kevin really liked on Thursday night, um, <laughs> that they were close to getting him back to practicing, and sure enough, Saturday mm-hmm. he shows up. So give us an idea how Saturday was playing out and just what you thought. 
It was funny, Adam. I thought it was just going to be a laid-back Saturday. Like, oh, you know, after a game, they're not in pads. Oh, there's 58 stretching with the rest of the team. And, <laughs> and we're like, it's not going to be a normal Saturday. It's going to be, yeah, obviously. Um, and then we also heard, like, a little bit later, like, yes, Roquan's going to speak, you know, after today's practice. So right then and there, you knew it wasn't just going to be a typical Saturday practice after a game. And, yeah, just seeing him in the press conference, I thought Roquan handled it really well. Uh, for the most part, getting all these questions asked about the contracts and things like that. He was pretty open with everything, except for, like, the specific numbers that he was looking for. But, you know, we, we everybody there realized it was not going to be your typical Saturday. They were inside Saturday, right? Yep, inside the Walter Payton Which Center. I'm surprised they still practice inside because it seemed like the weather cooperated it. They're, I think they had to after they canceled it for fans. They probably had to just yeah. go through it. So that's a total side conversation that isn't nearly as important as the Roquan stuff. But I thought that was a little – I guess I understood why they they canceled it so early in the morning because you probably have a lot of fans coming from far away. Mm. You know, it's a process getting in the house hall. Now you're going to park at the mall, take a bus. Um, so they probably got ahead of it early. The forecast really didn't look that good. But then it turned out to be – Nice, and I was just thinking about, like, the one thing training camp has really lacked is sort of that, that buzz you used to have in Bourbonnet, especially on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And I think when it was all said and done, they ended up only having one fully open practice on the weekends Yeah, in training camp. Because um, another one ended up being closed, right? Yep. Weather, yeah. I tried to get my girlfriend to get there at one – on Saturday's practice, yeah. got canceled. Last Saturday, got canceled. She's like, oh, I'm never going to get to go to training camp. I'm like, I'm sorry. And just think about it. If it had been open, fans are all there, and all of a sudden Roquan walks out. Oh. <laughs> like, that would have been a cool moment. That yeah. would have been like a cool, like, training camp thing that you, I, I just I, – I, again, I totally understand why the Bears now have it at House Hall. I think it's the right move from, like, a football standpoint. But I don't think there's any question that it's just not the same as it used to be. And it's, that part of it's kind of a bummer for the fans, I think. No doubt about it. Actually, what I was thinking of was just, you know, obviously we see the people predict the weather, the weather men and women. Remember the softball game, Kevin, that we, it wasn't supposed to rain and then it was a typhoon kind of? Within the span of like 15 minutes, I left at the office. It was fine. By the time I got up there to the northwest side, it was awful. Rating sideways. I'm like, yeah. man. They can always get the weather wrong. And, you know, they go up there the next day and have a I don't know. I was just kind of mad about that. I, 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 like, I, I totally, like, relate to that, though. Like, Bourbon 8 seemed like one of the few touch points fans really had left. And you mm-hmm. still get to go there to Hallis Hall, but you got to get the tickets. you got to park. It's a whole process. There's a limited number. It's not like this whole kind of big, like, almost like a festival feeling. I, is it feels still like a festival at, at Hallis Hall or no? No. Not at all. Yeah. No. The process, like feels like a bunch of stuffs in the parking lot where we could park to be a lot closer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Very true. true. But that's the extremely selfish view of it. Um, Okay. More importantly, Roquan's back now. The press conference. Let's talk about some of just the takeaways from that press conference Saturday, which Roquan I thought was very candid. but he also said some things that I, I think we have to digest a little bit. Most importantly to me, the headline was still making some accusations at the front office. Like, not, not really holding back from 
Mm-mm. That statement that he put out a couple weeks ago, which I didn't think helped him, and he comes out and he, and he uses the word distasteful. The negotiations were distasteful. And then he confirms um, what he had very clearly uh, told Ian Rappaport a couple weeks ago uh, about the de-escalators mm-hmm. in the, in the, you know, that the Bears had put in there, which I think is a little bit of an overreaction in terms of like, okay, <laughs> negotiate, then get that out of there. Like, that's just like they're always going to put something in there you don't want to start with. That's why you negotiate. That's why you have an agent handle this stuff. Anyway, to still to still say that it's distasteful, I I'm almost surprised polls didn't talk again. Like, you got this player that's like putting the stuff out there, and it, and it's just I don't know. It's R- Roquan it, it, really hasn't helped his case much in the last two weeks since making that trade demand. That trade demand was kind of issued. Everyone in the in the moment was on Roquan's Roquan's side. Um, Ever since, it kind of seems people are more drifting back towards team polls almost. Yeah. Well, I think when you put that word, like he put in his opening statement, distasteful, and then he he talks about later, like the numbers being so far off, he would never sign a contract that wasn't, you know, fair to him. You, You kind of just wonder what, and we'll never know what exactly was offered, what he was looking for. I think someone asked about, do you want to be paid like a top five off the ball linebacker, and he he didn't quite answer, but that that's kind of what in the realm he was looking for. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. he kind of did. I thought yeah. he kind of basically said yes. So, so the Bears which is fair. He is way. a top five. It, it, it and this is where I I took a little bit of issue too because when these things come up, no matter what sport it is, I am almost always on the player's side player, of yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah, go get your money. Like this is your chance to get paid, um, and I still am. I think that's what. It, the 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 problem here isn't so much that we're. This isn't like a a contract situation where, the Bears are refusing to. Like if the Bears were in the case right now, where they're like, "No, nah, we're not even going to talk about this right now." Like you need to play this year, we're not going to offer you anything. Right. You know, I'd be like, okay, and then I would totally agree with Roquan being like, "Well, I've done what I've done the last four years, and I'm." Mm-hmm. I should be rewarded for that, which is something they said. I mean, yeah. to me, like, the Bears are still rewarding him. We don't know what the specific numbers are. And if they aren't putting him somewhere near Darius Leonard and, and uh, Fred Warner and those guys, then I'm totally on Roquan's side. Then they're not. But I, think, I also think the Bears are fair to not be above them, not put Roquan above them at this point. Um, and so that's why I kind of I'm like, well, they still are rewarding you. Yeah. I'm always pro player, particularly in you know when it comes to the NFL, which is a a sport that can take a lot of things away from you, right? Mm-hmm. In this this case, though, we don't know what his expectations are and if they're reflective of market reality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can't sit here and say, okay, pay the guy whatever he's asking if that's going to hamstring the team that I love. I go back to the first time Ryan Poles talked after the Family Fest practice. He said there are record-breaking, you know, um, the language in the contract, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, we don't know how he would get there. But also, he's looking out for the best interest of the team, not just Roquan Smith. Yes, of course he wants to be the highest, probably one of the highest-paid linebackers in the league, but 
there's still so many holes on this roster that he has to account for and is paying your will linebacker the top priority for this team right now in, in Roquan's eyes yes yeah. in Poles' eyes no well <laughs> and, and I wanted it was one of the things that I wanted to bring up is from Poles' perspective right now mm. and I I kind of arrived on this over the weekend and I think I think this might be the best way to explain it but if your options are right now to make Roquan Smith the highest paid off the ball linebacker or you're not going to get a deal like like obviously what Roquan's looking for is more than the Bears want to commit to him right now right. so you could do that right now which you're not totally obviously not totally comfortable doing or because we've talked about this before it doesn't really have the leverage to not play this season mm-hmm. Under contract. you make them play this season what's the worst case scenario the worst case scenario is you have to franchise tag him, mm-hmm. okay, and then he holds out again next year, and then you're in a position literally a year from now, August 2023, where you either have the choice of, okay, make him the highest paid off the ball linebacker, okay. same position you were in a year ago, <laughs> or trade him, and if he's still in that position to get paid that much, there's a good chance his trade value is actually be higher than it is now, or at least the same. You understand how Ryan Poles is looking at that and being like, what do I have to lose mm-hmm. by waiting a year and right. being able to watch him in this scheme, in this defense? The market value for these linebackers isn't going to skyrocket next year. It might go up a little. Right. You might have to pay him a little bit more. But you're gaining, to me, a lot more time one to know where your team is a year from now how good Roquan is in this scheme which I think we all can agree is probably going to be pretty damn good Mm -hmm. but it still doesn't hurt to see it and you have a very a highly motivated player now who's like Roquan said is betting on himself who's probably going to go out and ball and worst case scenario if he gets hurt well, then now you're not out that guaranteed money that you would. You know, it's, it's, there's just so much more to gain for the Bears' perspective for me to having him play this year under that fifth year. It sucks for Roquan, <laughs> yeah. but, like, this is how the business works, and I totally understand where Ryan Poles is coming from on this one. I mean, the Bears absolutely won this. There's no way that they didn't because you don't sign him to that lucrative deal he was looking for. plays at $9.7 million. And the defense is better because Roquan, like you said, Adam, is going to be motivated. Not only does that help the defense, but the entire team becomes better because Roquan Smith's on the field. So you look at it on Justin Fields' perspective, like this defense is going to be more opportunistic to maybe get more turnovers, have the guys, the defensive players in position to make plays because Roquan Smith's on the field. So the Bears win this, win the standoff with Roquan. And like you said, maybe they're at the position at the end of the year, franchise tag, whatever they do, but – it benefits the Bears so much that this was the scenario that is playing out. Roquan's playing. He's going to be very motivated. The defense is better. Ultimately, the Bears team is better. Was this the friendliest trade demand of all time? Like, <laughs> he was here the whole time. He's working out with people. The, the, the you know, Aberfus is up there saying nice things about him. Roquan's saying, you know, the, if the worst thing out of this was distasteful, it's not that bad, Well, right? and he said he did, they weren't negotiating good faith. Yeah, I mean the original statement was was pretty harsh. I thought 
I just thought it was hilarious that he showed up to Soldier Field an hour right. later. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you put this out there, and then you kind of just carry like everything just kind of carried on as normal after that trade demand. I, I will say it was the weirdest. I mean, this right. is definitely the weirdest. Once like, you got St. Obney situation. involved, that's where it got weird. Where he's reaching out to these teams, even though he's not a certified agent, like. Yeah, that that's was my favorite. Weird. That was my favorite question from Saturday. I think Adam, Adam Johns, Johns asked. He was just like, Who, "Who's saying Omni? <laughs> Someone I trust. Someone did, in the circle he trusts." Did he address whether or not he's going to get an agent? Uh, well, he said he didn't regret not having one. He yeah. also said he didn't learn anything from this experience. Like out of all of this, so like come, you know, maybe at the end of the year you don't have an agent still. It's like, how are you going to approach this any differently than you have? And right. I don't know. He, he said he didn't learn anything, so, so that, that'll be his problem in the future. You kind of touched on uh, what I wrote in this morning's newsletter, which people can subscribe to by following the link in the YouTube descrip- description, but <laughs> this isn't over. Like, this drama is not over. Like, we're going to have franchise tag drama starting Probably. next February. And I, I think it's pretty likely that they're going to tag him, right? I mean, do you think they're well, going to? And, and, and Well, yeah, because I don't think that there's – Oh, here's another thing, just real quick, before I answer that about the tag. If you read between what Roquan was saying, like how negotiations are over, like you're telling me if the Bears after week one didn't turn around and offer him the money he wants, he wouldn't take it? You know what I mean? Like he's just, when he kept being asked that, he was sort of, he never once said, I'm not going to engage in any other negotiations until the season's over. He just felt like they weren't going to come, though. That's, that's yes, kind of how... he was like, yeah. we're, the offers aren't coming, is kind of how he worded it. Right. Like, we're, the offers are done. But, like, if he goes out and balls out the first quarter of the season... And Ryan Paul's like... And Ryan Paul's like, okay, that's all we need to see. Like, I'm pretty sure he's still going to take the money. <laughs> now... That never happens. It probably is not going to happen. So, to, back to your question, he plays out the season, he plays well... Yeah, I think you tag him because the thing that the tag does is it it just prevents him from hitting the open market right away, which to me always leaves the um, the trade possibilities open. Right. Right. So, and then it's up to Roquan to decide whether or not to sign that tag and accept the eighteen point something million that he would get on the tag, um, or not, which would force probably force your trade options a little bit more if you really don't want to be here anymore and if he if he's gonna look at okay he gets tagged like he wants that guaranteed money before going off into another you know one and done season i mean that makes sense you know forte was tagged and then Mm -hmm. signed what like mid-july yep of that that year yep Uh, because there's a that july deadline to uh there's a july deadline to get an extension or you have to play under the tag for the right. rest of the year. Um, speaking of which, the in your in your uh, newsletter this morning, you brought up Lance Briggs' situation, right? And the quote that he, which I had forgotten that he had, it had actually gotten to that point. Yeah. Like I remember the Briggs thing being high drama that year, but why don't you share that quote? He said he'll never. He, at, the quote at that point was, "I will never play for the Chicago Bears again." Right? I, I don't have it called up right now. I, I probably should have, but it was. Pretty crazy, and he went on. I think Mike North's show and was talked out even more against the Bears. It was a little bit more dramatic, and I think if we lived in a in an era there that was even you know like as much media now, where we're talking about the Bears twenty four seven. Not that we weren't that, that then, because they were coming off a Super Bowl season. But Briggs said, "I'm never going to play for the Bears again." 
Well, of course, he went out there, uh, played all of 2007, and then got a six-year deal in, in yeah. 2008. Here's a quote. I am now prepared to sit out the year if the Bears don't trade me or release me, Briggs said. I've played my last snap for them. I'll never play another down for Chicago again. I didn't remember that either before looking it no. up yesterday. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's that's a little bit stronger than distasteful. Uh, I didn't know <laughs> yeah. it was going to come to this. Uh, maybe the McCaskies can salvage this. <laughs> uh, see it Soldier Field in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like this was Briggs saying, "I will never play another down for Chicago again." Then he played under the tag. Then he got a six-year contract. You know, so. But I can't say that this is that's how it's going to play out in this situation because Roquan seems a little bit more enigmatic than Briggs did, did right? I, like, look, honestly, when I, his press conference ended, to me at that moment it felt like, is this even salvageable If at the end of the season? I felt, I felt like this year was going to be his last unless he gets franchise tagged. Okay. That's just kind of what it felt like in the room. But that ultimately may not be the case, you know, come the end of the season if they franchise tag him. But that's what he kind of just But there's this like. other side where he talks about, like, he loves being part of the Bears linebacking history, mm-hmm. and he loves being part of that. I don't know if that's just lip service or if yeah. he really feels that way. I don't know either. Yeah. The, the one thing I will say for Roquan is he, he clearly feels like he's, like, charting a, a different course for players that are not just him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he... And this happens sometimes. We we are seeing a shift in this, by the way, a little bit. I still think the I still think the owners and the teams hold more of the power, but we have seen this effort from NFL players recently, the NFLPA, right. to try to, to to try to emulate the NBA world a little bit more, where the players seem to have all the power. Um, I don't think it's. I think they're making some gains. The wide receivers, especially this offseason, seem to get what they wanted. Next guy after the next guy after the next guy kept making more and more money. There's like 10 wide receivers now that are making over $20 million mm-hmm. a year. Um, I just don't know that this is the right guy at the right position to be doing that. You know what I mean? Like, if, if he was clearly the best line off-the-ball linebacker in football, and he's like, I'm going to go out there, I know I'm going to get paid, I'm going to go without an agent, and I'm going to chart this course, he'd be like, okay – but, like, the fact that you're not even the best at your position, at least viewed that way, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's kind of a lost cause a little bit. Well, you brought up the point of it. It's smart that Ryan Poles is not making a decision because there's a year to make that decision, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it smart that Roquan didn't hire an agent because, okay, if he goes out and he does get this crazy money from the Bears a year ahead of time – why cut the agent in on that? And if you're going to get franchise tagged for $18.3 million, and it's going to happen regardless of whether or not, you know, that's going to happen, it's inevitable, why cut the agent in on that? Maybe it's smart that he did that. Did that. So, yeah. But here's the other part. Of it. So is St. Omni just working for free? Are these advisors <laughs> he has working for free here? Like, he's still paying somebody. He has to. has to be. Like, you're not going out and calling all these NFL teams – just like, oh yeah, I, I can yeah. do this. I have free time. Let me just call. I mean, it might not NFL be the teams. same as like the guaranteed percentage an agent cuts from the the contract, but I don't know. All right. Uh, meanwhile, the Bears defense just got a lot better, though. He's back. He's playing. Mm-hmm. There was never any doubt in my mind that he was. 
not going to be, be playing week one. Yeah, there's not a hole at the will linebacker position. You know, the, the Bears have that position locked down because you have Roquan Smith in there. So no doubt the defense is better because you have a top five player in the league at that position. Is he back earlier to practice than you thought? Because you said he'd, he'd be back by week one. Do you think this is the timetable you thought he'd be back? Um, well, I do think it makes sense on his part. It was like, all right, like – I got to get ready. Like, there's still That's some ramp-up period you got to have. I think he's going to yeah. be just fine. But, you know, you do have to get some reps. It is a new defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you, you do have to um, – I don't – what, what Khalil Mack did in 2018 True. was just insane. Like, <laughs> uh, yep, showing up on Monday. Good to go. You know, scoring touchdowns on Sunday. <laughs> like, what? That was insane. Um, I don't know that that's realistic. And um, so I think this is like him realizing, all right, well, if this is how it's going to be, I have to come back to practice. I have to get ready for the season. Yeah, Roquan said once he found out the negotiations weren't going anywhere, talk to Matt Eberflus. Here, let's put a plan in place so I can get back into practice. And Alan Williams just talked about, like, the eyes where the linebacker at the will position is different from, you know, being just a traditional, like, 3-4 inside linebacker. So. Right. Just knowing exactly where to look and how to, you know, operate in it. He also said you just need to get, like Adam was saying, his body right. His body ready for the, the week one opener against San Francisco 49ers. So, yeah, once he found out negotiations weren't going anywhere, got himself back to practice. All right. Um, got plenty more to come, including our – we've talked about the old line. We've talked about Tevin Jenkins. We've talked about um, the Everybody there. training camp's over. We've got to talk about who uh, who won training camp, who lost training camp, things like that. But first, want to tell you about our proud sponsors at PointsBet. PointsBet Sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day. You don't want to be missing out on this. Uh, it's every day until the season kicks off from now until September 8th. PointsBet Power Hour, which is happening right now, it will unlock a new daily offer every day from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. So right now. Right in the middle of this show, sign up for PointsBet now using code CHGO to also get risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not it. If you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Download the PointsBet app today. Use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. So actually, Adam, uh, we actually just announced that we had the special offer for the White Sox uh, game yesterday. That got rained out, um, but it's going to go through the end of tonight's uh, today's Ooh. game with, with the Royals. If you sign up, and you're a White Sox fan, you're going to get that package that was the two White Sox shirts. So it got extended to today. Yes. Nice. So if people want to go to allchgo.com, that graphic and the details are at, at the top of the website. Awesome. It's a, it's a really good deal. So definitely check it out at allchgo.com, and you can definitely get in on that offer. But I have to tell you about Athletic Greens. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, it gives you energy, and improves your focus, and that's why I take my Athletic Greens, and you should too. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day, 
Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. Super simple. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. And we wanted to also tell you, right, Kevin, that uh, the CHGO podcast is going to relaunch this Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be me, Luke Suckmeyer, Casey Standahar, every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. It's our kind of our general Chicago sports podcast. Obviously, what you guys do with the Bears or any of the other team beats, you guys drill deep. Uh, we're looking at the week that was in Chicago sports and the week that will be. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And it's kind of a new look. It's a little different uh, approach than what we're used to here at CHGO. Uh, but we're going to go live on Thursday at 11. And if you're listening to this on your podcast provider, we're already in the feeds. Uh, so go subscribe to that. It's the Chicago Sports Podcast. Yeah, wherever you listen to your favorite pods, you can find that CHGO Podcast. All right. The other big news from the weekend, I thought, um, something we talked about on our postgame show on Thursday night, what they should do with Tevin Jenkins. And he was back out there with the starters, which I thought was significant. Now, while that was going on Saturday, we also got... It wasn't actually tweeted out by Adam Schefter, but Adam Schefter was at ESPN Chicago's like big football bash mm-hmm. they did Saturday and apparently said that... Bears are still shopping Tevin Jenkins. And now, the one thing I will say about that <clears throat> is when they were reportedly shopping him the first time, I made the point over and over again that this is a bizarre way to shop a player by making him go missing. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, would you like Tevin Jenkins? Uh, is he practicing? No. Is he in the building? I don't know. We're not Maybe. telling people that. Uh, is he with trainers? Yeah, he's with the trainers. That's about all we're saying. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're not interested. Like, <laughs> it, it, that was weird. So, playing him, showing what he could do at guard, getting some positive reps out there, that does actually make more sense if you are trying to hype up his trade value. I still don't necessarily know what you would get for him, and I still look at this hole at right guard and go, well, out of all the things we've seen as possible solutions this year, what we've seen in the last week since he got moved to right guard last Monday, this has been the most encouraging development at that position. So, uh, look, Adam Schefter's rarely wrong, so I'm not going to completely dismiss it, but I find it hard to believe that you want to make that trade right now when he might actually end up being your starting right guard. I just don't buy it because, yes, he is you know, showing him against a, a starting defense – being with the first-team offense, great reps, especially if other teams are looking at him. But you can still show quality reps with the twos. like, And you're taking away the starting position for, what, Michael Schofield? When the Bears have emphasized, like, this is a young team. We need to get these guys reps. But we're just going to put Tevin Jenkins out there because we want to trade him. I don't buy that. I think he's the right guard, and he's the front runner at right guard. But so, obviously, with Schefter saying what he said – I, again, I just don't buy it. I think that he's getting these reps because he will be the week one starter. 
is that a leak that's just designed to drum up interest, dr- drum up some competition? Could I can't be. imagine that there's a huge market for Tevin Jenkins, a guy who's been hurt. I can't imagine you're going to get a lot for him. Um, so right now, like you said, it's probably he's probably the the best option right now for that position. And if not, like it's worth having the insurance of having him around. So. Yeah, wouldn't you think with all the injuries they've had on the offensive line, they'd be looking to add and not subtract at this point? Right. Exactly. And he's looked good, you guys. Like, you know, through two preseason games, he's looked physical. Yeah. He's looked like he plays well in this wide zone scheme. Yes, there are times where maybe he's lost his footing on a couple of snaps, but it's a guy that just transitioned to right guard. He's looking pretty good at it so far. To me, the only motivation for trading him is if they just don't trust his back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that then is then you're going to find a team that is going to trust well, him back. <laughs> I yeah, that's Maybe. possible. We've seen you know we've seen teams acquire players that have chronic injuries and they're and 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 I can almost see like okay, we'll trade a six round pick. We'll take a flyer on him for right. a six round pick and hope the back pays off. And if it doesn't, that's nah, it's a six round pick. And if you're the Bears' perspective, you're just like yeah, we just don't like what we've seen from that. Mm-hmm. Let's get whatever we can for him, and, and that would be, the, I think, the logic behind that trade still happening. Unless you clearly don't want him in your building, and you think he's some sort of detractor from the locker room, I just don't. I don't. I wouldn't understand like why you would trade him away at this point. Young talent, and you know, kind of fits what the Bears are putting out there right now. They're starting unit: Braxton yeah. Jones being a young left tackle. Obviously, you have Tevin, Larry, so a bunch of young guys that maybe we can build around. So. Like I said, I'm not buying the whole trade rumors. All right. Um, meanwhile, though, for the second straight week, you have Braxton Jones at left tackle. You have Tevin Jenkins at right guard. You have Larry Borum at right tackle. The results across the board have been pretty damn positive. Yeah. And we've kind of painted this out to be the best-case scenario. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect in week one. You're facing an insane front seven. Mm-hmm. For the 49ers, um, that's going to cause a lot of problems. But if they can get Lucas Patrick back, and your starting offensive line in week one is Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick at center, Tevin Jenkins at right guard, and Larry Borm at right tackle. Again, I'm not saying the results are going to be fantastic. Those guys are going to be tested. You're throwing a lot of young guys. Like, where do you put the help, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I would feel like you'd still have to help Jones Braxton. in his first ever real NFL game. Uh you know, you had Nick Bosa out there. It's scary. Um, but then you also want to help on the, this is where I think the Bears comes back to the scheme. It, you know what helps? All the things we screamed about last year. <laughs> Boots, more tight ends, chipping. You know, like, and, and, I, and I picture this offense the way I see it at Hallis Hall every day and put it in my head. I'm like, yes, this could actually work. Play action. Mm-hmm. Keep those guys on their toes so they cannot just – be like, oh, okay, I'm one-on-one on Tevin Jenkins in his first ever NFL snap at left tackle. I'm going to go get the quarterback now. <laughs> like, it, that's how it's going to have to be, and I think that that's okay. I think that they've made some progress here. You know, like you said, there's probably going to be growing pains, no doubt about it. But I think if you're a Bears fan looking at this line and looking at the youth, like you, I think you're automatically just a little bit more hopeful than mm-hmm. having, like, Riley Reef and Michael Schofield in there, right? Veterans that – yeah, maybe they get the job done, but that's it. Probably 2022. 
these three guys that we mentioned, the young guys, Jones, Jenkins, and Borum, maybe there's growing pains, but can they actually be a part of this unit moving forward? At least you're hopeful that they can be. If the other two guys are in there, the veterans, it's literally this season, and then you're kind of looking for other guys. So I think that is the best case scenario, having these young guys kind of, you know, battle it out, see if they will be the week one starters, and, you know, you'll see how it, how it goes from there. But at least there's hope going with this unit. I think we're, we're seeing uh, the payoff of hiring a former offensive lineman as GM, right? Yeah. He's proven him to be pretty resourceful right now. You go out and spend a fifth-round pick on Braxton Jones and you're getting a left tackle out of it, you know. Starting left tackle. Uh, yep. Starting left tackle. Um, you've got a, a guy who looked like a wasted second-round pick from the previous regime, and now you've kind of retooled him and maybe made him into a starter at a, at a position of need. Um, to me, like Ryan Poles, the last you know week or two, after a very up-and-down offseason, has kind of really scored some points in his favor. It'd be crazy if the solution here is two fifth round picks at your tackle spots <laughs> right. over the last two years, and maybe it works out. But sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, right? Yeah, yeah. Bears need some luck. I mean, it's uh, some luck in there, definitely. But also, you got to give them credit for yeah, no, the scouting. Absolutely. You know? Even in Ryan Pace's case with with Larry Borum, yeah, that's. Kevin, it looks like uh, Matt Nagy didn't leave. Uh, from this is my Sunday first game. my first naked guy experience here. <laughs> He's out there every day with no shirt on. Hey, the sun's out. Him. Might as well, right? I want to see in November if he right holds form. <laughs> Can't show you that in the podcast. Longtime Sorry balcony uh, shirtless balcony guy. The fear for those of you that have been we're gonna have to here. have him on. At, at this point, he has been out here way too much for us not to do a special podcast live with, from his balcony, naked balcony too. Guy. We'll bring him in. Just go live over from there. His balcony. <laughs> I like it. Just run an HDMI cable up there. With right. The just, you don't have to move the cameras. Just <laughs> just a little bit. And then with a cord, he's right there. It'll be fine. Be good. good um, all right. Well, I saw some people questioning this. Yes, training camp's over. They broke camp yesterday. That was the end of training camp. I mean, that's more of like um, to explain what that means. Like, instead of being on a grindy camp schedule on a daily basis, get in there early in the morning, practice, then you have meetings. Um, I mean, it's still a ton of work, trust me. But they're shifting to more of a game week type deal. So the practices are moving uh, to the afternoon now. Um, Mornings will be more meetings, things like Mm -hmm. that, um, before they go out to practice. And a typical regular season week, with a game on a Sunday, you have, you, you know, heavy practice Wednesday, heavy practice Thursday, and then a lighter practice on Friday. Saturday is just a walkthrough, and then you play on Sunday. Um, that's kind of how it's going to be this week, just with the game being Saturday. It's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practices, Friday walkthrough, Saturday uh, game in Cleveland. So, with one more preseason game to go, this is how they're simulating it this week, and it makes sense. So, yeah, technically, the grind of training camp and all those tough padded practices are over. It's It happened so quickly, yet I'm surprised that it's over. It's like, I don't know, I feel both ways with it, um, being there every single day. But, yeah, it's over. Now we're kind of – and we're adjusting too. Like, we're switching our time here to adjust with uh, the Bears as well. So, making sure that we're – keeping you all up to date as everything kind of gets ready for the regular season. Well, we want to do our risers and fallers from training camp. 
Still a lot to be determined here, by the way. Obviously, there's still three weeks until the first game. A little bit under three weeks at this point. Um, but I'll start it out with some risers for you. Um, and I guess my fallers, all, all right here for you. But I don't know how you can't say Tevin Jenkins. <laughs> it's really been in the first week. Yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry, the last week where he's done this. Um, this is technically uh, my fault, not our producers. Um, but... I only put Jones in there. I was actually talking about Braxton Jones. Justin Jones has had a good he said, yeah, camp, too. Camp, that's yeah. I'll, I'll take that out. No, that's uh, me. No, that's me, buddy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I should know that there's more than one Jones on the team. So, um, But Braxton Jones would be another one of my risers. Uh, and then I want to put Kyrus Tonga in there. Maybe a little bit of a random one throwing it out there for you, but I didn't know how he would take. He's never played in a 40 front before. They're asking him to play a slightly different position. He's got to show that he can go through gaps instead of just holding the gaps. And I've liked what I've seen from him in the preseason so far, and I think that he's really helped himself. Adam, he also can score touchdowns and get 80-yard interceptions. That play was awesome from Saturday's practice. He drops back. You're not expecting Kyrus Tonga to do that. Yeah. Picks off Justin Fields, has just an escort of bears down the left sideline, and Tonga all the way for a touchdown and probably needed the, uh, you know, some oxygen afterwards, but – Looked good as a returner with, with the ball in his hand. So, Tonga definitely a, a riser. I did enjoy that highlight on Twitter over the weekend. Oh, yeah. It was, it was good. Who was it that had that pick six against the Jaguars? Like 2001. Uh, Big D lineman. Ted, uh, Ted Washington. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's one of the greatest. <laughs> Amazing. Like highlights ever. Because he's just running. and He's got a caravan of people. He didn't get into the end zone, though, right? Yeah, I think he so. He did get. I'm almost I positive. Nope. I feel like he got caught, but I could be wrong. No, the one I'm thinking of was an. Um, someone in the comments here is going to have this. Yeah. Why? Yeah, someone, come on, help I us out think, here. I, don't I feel think. like I rewatched it. Yes, Keith Trailer. Keith Trailer. It was Keith Trailer. That's what it was. Thank you. Thank Why you, John, in the comments. It was a Keith Trailer, um, and he ran a long way. <laughs> there we go. Uh, real quickly, I'll give uh, my risers and fallers from training camp. And, you know, I have I, I put a lot on there. Just uh, But Tevin Jenkins is, you know, at the top of the list, seeing where he came from and now where he's at. But Ryan Griffin is your number two tight end. And he was somebody I didn't have high expectations of when the Bears obviously signed him, but really has risen up in, in this training camp. Jaquan Brisker, and obviously he's going through the right thumb injury right now. But Lamar Jackson, too, is a guy that, just depth at the cornerback position, but he's been repping sometimes with the ones due to basically injuries, but he's at least been relevant, which you can't say is uh, the case for a lot of the players. Tristan Abner showcasing that, that pass catching ability. And then Alquani Muhammad, all risers on my list. And then the fallers like Riley reef, he was scheduled to maybe be your, your tackle moves sides. And now he's currently with the second team at left tackle after being at, at right tackle with the first team. So now he's over there. Tavon Young is a guy that I think there was a lot of high expectations for. Obviously, we knew about his injuries in Baltimore, but hasn't been healthy. Hasn't been in the mix at nickel corner, so he hasn't really been relevant. And then also Michael Schofield was with the starting line with the, at the right guard position. Now at the number two is because Tevin Jenkins has asserted himself to be with that starting offensive line. All right. Since I'm on, on the set right here, and I'm just 
for my own, I'm wondering, where would you put Eddie Jackson in between those two, those two camps? Um, I would, I think in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would actually probably put him on the riser. Like, I'd side him more towards the risers. Okay. Um, him and Komet have been battling the yeah. entire training camp. Him and Komet, and I think that's that's a good thing ultimately having yeah. those two guys battle it out. Um. Just to clear up the Keith trailer thing, though, real quick, because it's going <laughs> to bother me. Um, he actually did not make it. You're right. Okay. He was s- tackled inside the 10. I get, I get Ted Washington and Keith trailer yeah. confused. It was yeah. Keith trailer on Mark Brunel. Um, Bears were winning 13 nothing. It was the season finale. And um, he did get – but part of the – you got to give a shout-out to Dick Enberg. Because part of the reason why that uh, highlight is so awesome is because of his call on there. Um, Because I think he said something along the lines of, look at him rumble, the earth is shaking. The earth is shaking, that's (laughs) right. Yeah, so that was one of the great Dick Enberg calls. That was the game that was scheduled for September 11th, got canceled, and they got tacked on to the end of the season. That's what it was. Which provides a little bit more of an explanation why the Bears were playing the Jaguars to end the season. Right. all right, can I see? Uh, can I see my fallers again, real quick? I didn't really get to go through those, but um, yeah, I, to me, Khalil Herbert. Yeah, he hasn't answered the questions about whether or not he can catch consistently. Mm-hmm. He's had some pass protection issues too. Yep, and like that's not a third down back then. No, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I I think that that really opens the door to. To Treston Ebner, although he's had a couple of pass protection issues too, where it actually looks like assignment wise, he doesn't know which way he's supposed to go. So trusting a rookie in that spot isn't necessarily ideal. I that's an interesting wrinkle that I think isn't being talked about enough in that running back room, which overall I think is a strong running back room. But I, I've I've left camp with more questions about Herbert than I thought I would. Because I thought the Bears were set there with a guy who could and I still think he can fill in you know, first and second down back for David Montgomery. Um, but I do think that that's a question. And then, like, with Kyler Gordon, look, I, my, I want to be very clear. My expectations for him are still really, really high. But you can't tell me that this camp's gone the way you planned it mm-hmm. for him. He had, he's missed a lot of practice time. He, he, he struggled a little bit in that game the other night. He had a missed tackle. Got beat very clearly on a third down. So... I think they're going to be okay. I'm a little – I'm more concerned about the cornerbacks right now than I thought I would be, though, at this point getting closer and closer to the season because, you know, if he's going to have some rookie things he's got to work out, which is completely fair, but it really does seem like Kindleville Door is still your yeah. other outside corner at this point. I don't know how good you feel about that, to be honest with you. It looked like Adam from – Sunday's practice what the game plan for Gordon's going to be is when they go to nickel he will be the nickel corner Vildor will be on the field as the outside when they're in a base defense Gordon will jump outside which is how I want it to be that's yeah. how I think it should be so he's going to be on the field regardless but at you know Kendall Vildor will also be on the field and that's where you're kind of added the the situation with the cornerback position and then with Gibson he's just been kind of quiet been quiet yeah i don't think there's anything necessarily concerning but i the only reason it's concerning to me is because he is playing a new position um have more has role. had some good one-on-one reps here and there but 
I don't know. Just he hasn't made the jump that we've expected yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, the jump I thought we saw last year, quite frankly, right. and maybe that still comes in the regular season. But you know, for a guy who had seven sacks last year, quiet camp. It's just been quiet a quiet camp. camp. That's all. Um, so quiet yeah. camp. And I, I do agree though on uh, some of your fallers too, with Riley Reef and Schofield just not being out there a ton. Makes a lot of sense. Veterans, yep. Uh, all right, uh, one more uh, shout-out to points bet, which, uh, again, will tell you that the, uh, the the promotion we had going for the Sox game yesterday is extended into today um, as the White Sox play the Royals today, points bet CHGO. The offer for you to guard your cash when you sign up for points bet, you can use the code CHGO. You make a $51 bet, and you get $2,000 in risk-free bets, a CHGO yearly membership, a size C sock shirt, an exclusive CHGO socks script shirt, only available with this offer, and a pair of slides from the CHGO locker. And all you got to do is sign up on the PointsBet app using code CHGO. It's the best deal in town, and it just got better. Um, all right, we usually close out the show every day with some comments, questions. Um, we'll throw those up on the screen and, and get to some of those. Um, for you in this new time slot. I think, um, you know, one of the questions I still have for this week is just, I mean, it's it's somewhat obvious, but how like, can this offensive line momentum continue? Like, is there, I also want to know who Cleveland's actually going to play in this game. They have mm-hmm. tend to have some good pass rushers on their team. They do. Are those guys going to see the field? You know, is a Braxton Jones going to get in a, a rep against Miles Garrett? I hope he does. I hope he does in this game, and, you know, obviously you're going to be tested throughout the course of an NFL season, but you, we saw what the Browns' defensive line did to the Bears last season. Mm-hmm. You know, might as well see if, if, if that is the case, what, you know, how it is going up against one of the best pass rushers in the league if uh, he does play. But, you know, we also got to see what Eberflus's plan is for his preseason game. Do we see the starters at any point? Do they sit him? This is the third preseason. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they haven't determined that yet. Uh, here's a question from Alfredo asking, Edmer looked much better than Herbert. Should he be the second running back? A couple problems there. I don't disagree with you. Um, but Ebner got hurt the other yeah, day, yep. wasn't practicing over the weekend. And then second, as I mentioned, the, there was one snap in each game where it looked like he didn't know where he was supposed to go in pass protection. Mm-hmm. Like one time he went the wrong way. One time I don't. One, the second time, I think, was more so him just not recognizing a pressure coming from a certain direction and redirecting there. Um, and that's not uncommon for rookie running backs. That's the biggest hurdle for, for the guys that clearly have the talent to run. So that's just going to come with more practice, more experience. But if you can't trust them in obvious passing downs to be in the right spot, I don't know that you can play them. David Montgomery actually talked about pass pro as a rookie what the biggest thing is it's it's just confidence he said so with Ebner um, that's what he's just gonna have to learn over time like you were saying more reps but it really is a confidence thing if you're not confident that you're gonna be able to stop that guy who's bull rushing you you're not gonna be very good in pass pro so that's just something that he'll have to learn over time our next question is Jack Sanborn make the roster over Caleb Williams is, it, is that bear or not a bear? I don't think that's a bear. <laughs> I need to look this up real quick. I don't. I think he's talking about Caleb Johnson. 
That, yes. That sounds there right. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Caleb Johnson is a bear. Caleb Williams, not a bear. But a, Joe Thomas is a bear, also a Hall of Fame left tackle. Lamar Jackson uh, um, is a bear. Future Hall of Fame left tackle. Yeah. Lamar Jackson is a bear, also a former MVP quarterback. Yes. Not on the Bears. Not a corner. Um, I do think Sanborn makes it. Mm-hmm. Who he makes it ahead of. I mean, I could see all those guys making it. Surprised he wasn't on your risers. Eh, he he could have been. Yeah. I, yeah. But see, the problem with that is I already had those high expectations, True. so Never he mind. hasn't he hasn't risen over my expectations. He's just he's just being he's Jack just, Sanborn. Good we point. Would, we would be starting the Jack Sanborn fan club here at CHGO <laughs> with two Badgers on the set right now. There so. we go. Right. I'll be in a. And he's a local kid, so he fits. Right. Uh, he fits perfectly True. here at CHGO. Sure. Checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I'll I wore this Marquette shirt just for you guys today, by the way. Yeah, it's just unnecessary and <laughs> kind of rude, but, you know. Okay. Uh, John Johnson, what wide receiver do you th- think makes the final cut? I Sorry, haven't uh, spent the time I normally do early in the week yet to do my uh, wide receiver power rankings, but I think Isaiah Coulter helped himself out last week. Mm. Tasha Sharp's been injured, so, I mean, that doesn't help yourself if you're trying to make this roster. You know who's, who hasn't, though? or It's very up and down. Daz Newsome. Like, there's so many times where he has, like, a, a splash play. Then, like, in practice on Sunday, he drops a wide-open pass. Like, you couldn't be more wide-open. The Daz like, Newsome experience. Yeah, that's a guy where you can't be on the verge of good and bad. you got to be right. good if you have any shot of making this roster. Okay, here's, here's just on the fly what I would do here. Okay, Mooney obviously makes the team. St. Brown makes the team. Uh, Valus Jones is a lock. And Byron Pringle's probably a lock, too, even though he's been out, right? I don't think they... So the question is, is Tajay Sharp a surprise cut? Uh, He's got experience. Depending on how serious the injury is, I keep him. So that's five. So do you keep a six? Isaiah Coulter, um, Dante Pettis, Daz Newsome. Those would all be the guys. Simba Webster with his special teams ability. Chris Fink. Like, that's why I think the big question is there. I don't think Chris Fink makes it. I don't think Kevin Shaw makes it. Um, Nikhil Harry, I might carry on the original 53-man roster to put him on IR the next day. Mm-hmm. The reason why that's important is because then you can bring him back yep. after a few weeks. Um, but he has to be on that initial 53. That's where it gets tricky. So then that would put you at six if Tajay Sharp is a part of that with uh, then Nikhil Harry. Yeah. That, I mean, that sounds like I, that's a list I would lean towards. Yeah. At this and, point. and sometimes with like a, a Tajay Sharp or maybe an Isaiah Coulter who've kind of bounced around the league, you can cut them and then bring them back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to clear waivers and all that, but uh, it is a possible thing that you can do. Um, actually, depending on, I think they would still be subject to waivers, but at a certain point you reach veteran status where you just get. I think everybody's subject to waivers, though, at the cut mm-hmm. deadline. So we have to look all that up. That's kind of how I view it, how the wide receivers shape out right now. Are we going with ESB or EQ? I've seen it. I've seen both. I, like I think EQ. they call them EQ. Yeah, I like okay, EQ. But I've seen ESB, too. Yeah, I think I wrote ESB in my newsletter once. Just delicious yeah. style of beer, but. Yeah. EQ. I think they call them EQ, though. It's probably I like EQ better. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that. Um. Nick said he saw Thomas Graham at practice last week. Is he practicing now? Nope. I did see him, though. Saw 2-7. Yeah, 
You just saw him there. Just saw him. Yeah. But he is not actually practicing yet. So yeah. uh, there was another question earlier. We might not have it up right now. That's okay though. But um, how was uh, Matt Eberflus's training camp different than Matt Nagy's? Um, I think the most obvious way it was just those practices were harder. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt Nagy to me talked a lot about callousing and all this stuff, and then you never really saw it. I, I think the practices were clearly harder. Uh, more intense, and I think there was also more emphasis put on individual drills. Yeah. So, to me, there was, like, a huge part of practice was spent on individual drills and then situational stuff. Situational. Instead of just kind of, like, having a team period where you're just kind of constantly running through, you know, your plays, to me, it was a lot of... Okay, these are the fundamentals we're going to work on. We're going to make sure we're practicing right. Almost teaching the players how to practice. Yeah. Like detailed mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I think there was way more of an emphasis on that. And then once they got in the team, there was a lot of very specific situational stuff. That was – that was. I'll give Nagy some credit. They did do a lot of situational stuff, but I don't know. I, I, I think this was a new coaching staff that realized – they sucked in the red zone last year, really the last few years. Um, and so they worked heavily on that third downs. You know, at the end of the half, stuff yeah. like that. Luke Getze talked about that. He's like, he had never done that much situational stuff. And he comes from Green Bay, where they always feel like, it feels like they're always in the right situation yeah. know how to operate. So you did see that. Did you feel like it was shorter, the practices, because they were more intense? I felt like training camp practices were a little shorter than what I remembered with they, Nagy. They did in the last week shorten down quite a bit, it seemed like. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, none of the practices really went past an hour and 45 minutes. No, yep. Um, the thing is, you're allowed a certain amount of time per day that you're allowed on the field, and you can split that up between walkthrough and practice. Yeah. So they what, what we don't see is they go back out there usually in the afternoons, mm-hmm. and they do more walkthrough stuff. So – but even that's limited in the amount of time. So you kind of have like a, like a pie chart of time in a day, and you have to split it up the way you want to split it. Got so it. when they would go shorter in practice, that would allow them more time later hmm. in the day to be out there. So silly NFL PA, all their <laughs> rules and collective bargaining stuff. Uh, Byron Pringle update. He's, he's there, just not practicing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's on, on the bike, on the bike, Peloton class. Yeah. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in at the noon time slot. It was awesome. Make sure you check out that points bet offer that we have going for mm-hmm. you again today. Uh, follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore Bears underscore Sports. Find all of our great content there, allchgo.com for the memberships. And uh, if you're not already, you should be signed up for our newsletters. Kevin's awesome newsletter goes out Monday. Bears newsletter comes out Wednesday. Uh, members only on that one, so allchgo.com is where you go to get that, and uh, I will have my Bears Things newsletter out Wednesday morning for you. Awesome. All right, Looking guys. forward to it. Kev, All thanks right. for being here today. Yep. Appreciate it. We'll see everyone else at noon tomorrow. Talk to you then. <laughs>